Welcome to Rogues on the Road, discovered in 1812, naked and afraid under the deep and unforgiving canopy of Central Park. This indigenous duo sold their share of the Louisiana Purchase, swam to Port Chester, and set up shop with their co-host, the Standby Gypsy. From their humble beginnings, Rogues on the Road has quickly become the longest-running and most popular food and beverage podcast in recorded history. So, sit back, pour a cold pint, and tighten your spray skirt, you ninny-muggin. Welcome to another episode of Rogues on the Road. Thanks for joining us. We're still here at the uh, the Chico's in Summers in New York for the 84... What is it? It's the Bruise Cruise. Oh. So this is this is a cruise along the I-84 corridor uh, from like Connecticut over the Hudson River. And beyond. And beyond. I'm Rich. I'm Matt. And we are here with another Bruise Cruise Hudson Valley Brewery. Uh, John Anthony from Hudson Valley Brewery. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. And our buddy James. And James. Oh, this is great. Thanks, fellas. James is uh, our most faithful uh, enthusiast and... Uh, Oh, thank you. We're getting samples sent to us all over the place here. It's going to be a long night. uh, It's going to be a long night. Um, Hudson Valley Brewery's in Beacon, New York. Yep. Um, You got... How long have you guys been there? Uh, We just uh, had our... We just passed three years of being open for a business. Uh, We we renovated an old factory building. We started that a little bit before that, but... It's a beautiful spot. Thank you. Yeah, that whole area has, like, exploded, right, in the last two years? Yeah, it's been a little bit uh, coming... For a while, for Beacon, uh, it's really going through a nice uh, resurgence. Right. Yes, yeah. that's, that's where Newburgh's going, right? Hopefully, yeah. New, Newburgh's, Newburgh's going through this, great. going through the same thing. Beacon, you know, 20 years ago was very different. Very different. Very yeah. different. And to see these beautiful structures and these beautiful mills, yeah. these old kind of brick mills, kind of go through a renaissance yeah. is pretty cool well one of our thing was too is is a battle cry of like let's turn one of our factories back into a factory when a lot of those buildings were turning into condos you know it's like let's make sure one of these stays a factory and let's make something in one of these amazing infrastructure buildings that you know at the turn of the century it was the hat and textile capital of new york it was pretty impressive and how did, how did you guys find the building and decide, how did it all kind of start for you guys? Because we went up, we thought we were wrapping up for tonight. Sure. And uh, Sorry to make your night longer. Oh, no. you're fine, mate. <laughs> we were about to wrap up. Uh, one of your fans was at the bar and said, try this. Yeah. And this is what we tried. Cool. And, and I, I was floored. Right I was floored. So how did you get your start? How did you decide on that space? Yeah. And... and, and uh, well, I'll, I'll try to condense the story as well as I can. Um, I was living in California. I'm from New York. Okay. I really got into the craft beer business, and I really wanted to get out of what I was doing and come back to New York. So I said, all right, well, I want to move back to New York and open a brewery. Um, I'm from the Hudson Valley. Um, a good friend of mine opened a bar in Beacon, and I started helping him out. That's what brought me to Beacon, and then I just started walking by this building and uh, I mean this all truthfully. I fell in love with this building. Like you would fall in love with a beautiful woman, yeah, it's cool. and, it, and it just—I would stare at it and look at it and visit it. And I just 
we tried and tried to get it, went through a lot of hurdles and a lot of challenges, but got, and it was in really bad shape, and we, we got ownership of the property and started to rebuild it and then start put the brewery in it. And how long did it actually take from, from actually signing signing over to the... We did it pretty quick because we really put all of our energy in the back warehouse, which was more of an, a more modern. The original building is like 1820s, and then there's like a 1970s warehouse building where the brewery is. Um, and at this time, I, I met my current partners, uh, Michael and Jason. Uh, there are brewmasters. They are working in a small place in New Paltz called Baca's, making some <laughs> of the most amazing, uh, innovative beers. And yep. we just our lives just intersected perfectly, and uh, we all hopped on board. And then we opened hopped three years ago. Hopped on board. We hopped, yeah. Yeah. Hopped. No pun. And, and you mentioned John. You mentioned Baca's. Yeah. I I went to school in New Paltz. Oh, right on. My first introduction to what craft beer was, other than Sam Adams, right. which I'm not downing at all, but. To, to see more than Sam Adams was at Bacchus and and that was the only place in the Hudson Valley that had that's in New Post that is yeah. in New Post okay. that was ground zero yeah. For, yeah, yeah. for a craft beer movie yeah. I grew and then up, they started brewing yeah I grew up in Highland okay. so when I moved back from California I moved in with my parents and Bacchus was literally the closest craft beer bar to my parents house and I would go there sit at the bar at like a dork going I'm going to open a brewery someday and then meeting Michael and Jason there and saying well we're really getting into brewing try this let's do it and so we just became friends and like I said our lives were just perfectly intersected at the right moment and we just joined forces and made an amazing company wow and so tell us about what you're brewing Mm -hmm. you have a very very Everyone has their own kind of identity. Yeah, absolutely. You very much seem to have your own identity, with especially with these sours. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I brought um, Feel No Way, our Pilsner, and I, I already cracked mine. Yeah, um, me too. It's very good. Yeah, it's very good. I, I brought this out first. This is kind of like the brewery's beer. Um, we really like this. This is what we make and enjoy at the end of a hard day. Feel um, No Way. Feel No Way. It's a really great Pilsner. This is, this is the... Hydrating right. beverage, right? Yeah, and it's a good way to start right before we get into some of these bigger fruited sour beers. But yeah, we're most known for our sour IPAs and our farmhouse barrel aged um, sour beers, which which are amazing too. But I think our uniqueness has put us in a different realm, and everyone notices, and we got a lot of attention from right. that. These unique flavors. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Pilsners are like appear to. A novice to be like such a simple beer to yeah. make, and it's one of the hardest beers. It really is. is. Why? You just you really can't hide behind a lot of imperfections. You know, yeah. it's uh, the malt base is and the recipe is all there in front, um, and then how you balance it with the hops. And we put a little bit more hops than you normally would into our pilsner. It gives it a little bit more of a fuller filling. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just super uh, clean and right. enjoyable. And I think I, you can taste the bad beer really quickly. I guess quickly. people know what to expect from a Pilsner as opposed to an IPA, which can go all over the place. Yeah, right. and kind of shock your taste buds a little right. bit right. and knock you, right. you know, right. off your game a little a bit. Pilsner's more consistent. Yeah, and and John said it. You know, there's you can't hide off tastes in it. So if something's off as far as fermentation goes, you know. You're gonna you're gonna taste it. Right. You're gonna taste it. And this is definitely this is not a German style pills. No. This is your American style sure. spin. It's definitely got a it's got a nice light hop on it, but enough for it to be kind of like it's still within a 
very much a pilsner. You also have to be very patient and give it time. You know, they take much longer than Are a regular really? beer. And so sometimes people rush things or they, they don't allow it to, to do all that it needs to be right. done. How long will it take to brew? Uh, about six to seven weeks. Oh, that's still where pretty quick. You know, yeah, where we can turn around another beer in, in three weeks. Oh, really? Wow. But in speaking with Russian Duck, they were using a super yeast called Zyvik. Or uh -huh. It was like Primary fermentation, six days. four days. Wow. Right. Six days in, in the... So, I mean, it's, right. it's all over the place. Yeah. But six to seven weeks to ferment a pills. Yeah. Let and it, it has to be at a... Certain temperature, yeah. Certain temperature. For a longer period of time. And if you deviate from that temperature, you're going to... Get a lot of off-putting flavors. You're going to piss, piss yeah. the yeast off. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to do that. No, no. You want to keep them happy. <laughs> Until they drown in their own alcohol. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then and the sink to the bottom. Sorry. <laughs> are you, James, are you a Pilsner? I thought this was uh, like a conservative news talk podcast that yeah. we're going <laughs> to hang on. We, we can make it into that. Do you guys, is this like uh, free form? Can we curse? You can do what the you can, you want. Yeah. No, I don't want to. Yeah. No, I'm just curious. Okay. No, this is great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Uh, we've been to Hudson a couple times. Really enjoy the area. Yeah. Brought our dog there once. Outside, but it was good. We had a it's good vibe. There was nice a, and rustic. A Yiddo truck out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Cool. We enjoy. It. We hit it up anytime we can. I think the space is very authentic. You know, you walk in and it's our workspace, and you can tell sure. that we're there every day, and that, that this is where we make the beer. Yeah, we came and we kind of clean up, throw out a couple of tables, and sure. you know, turn the lights down low. You don't see so much, and uh, open it as a bar on Thursday through Sunday. My good buddy's from Long Island. He came up with his boys. And uh, they made a day trip out of it. They oh, brought their, their fiancés and everything, and yeah. they loved it. They loved it. They, they took all their bottles home that they could, their cans or whatever, and, you know, they, they were loving it. I also think that people are realizing, and this event is a good example of that, is that you could come up to the Hudson Valley and hit three or four or five or six amazing breweries yeah. Yeah. all in an afternoon, yeah, right. which I think is more appealing to people when they make the decision, what do you want to do on Saturday? Right. You know, so, right. and I think these events too are great. I, I'm glad to see like tap takeovers kind of disappearing and you're seeing more of these events where you can kind of pick, you know, some really good styles from like five or six really great breweries, right. put them, it's a more enjoyable for the customer. I think it's more enjoyable for the brewery too, right. you know. You know, uh, 10 years ago, up here it was all like vineyards and shit, right? And now you've got distilleries, you've got breweries, you've got cideries, all that stuff. Yeah. So you've got variety going on now. New York craft beverage has exploded. And interestingly enough, it's not because a lot of breweries have their own individual footprint and their their who they are it still doesn't seem saturated you know and, and when i was and in that's, california that's amazing you know when i was in california 10 years ago it was you know there's so much going on and you go to some small towns up the coast of california and there's six or five breweries right. in a very small town and i was looking at new york there wasn't a lot going on you know and you had newberg brewing company on um, earlier, and I think Russian Duck might just be like a few weeks older they're, than them. Oh, yeah. Three yes. months. Same year. Yeah. Three months. Right. Yeah, three months. Um, and what, they're like seven years, and they're like the forefathers of this area of a lot of brewing before, like Captain Lawrence was a good uh, mainstay of this area, but um, before that, there wasn't a lot. So it does feel like there's a lot popping up, and a lot of that has to do with the state of New York government yeah. that really said this was a sector that we want to help out and grow, and I think it's a great... We have... Um, Almost 20 employees. Not you know we have about 11 full-time employees. We're only three years old. Um, that's, that's fantastic. And 
And it's also you you're not distributing all over the United States. No. And that's something that we've we, learned about a lot of the, the breweries. They're trying to keep it, hey, this is, come to us yes. or come to a few locations. Sure. That's where that's where it's at. The beer industry is changing so much with 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 maybe saturation in grocery stores and on shelf spaces, yeah. and then price points are a big thing. Um, I think direct-to-consumer, tasting rooms, having the people come to us, and keeping our production low so we can really craft these products. I think when you start scaling up to a larger mass appeal, um, it's way harder. So yeah. what's your area of uh, distribution? Uh, we are available throughout the whole state of New York, but we're only putting out probably about 200 to 400 kegs okay. for New York City, Hudson Valley, and once in a while to Rochester. It's it's a special thing. Yeah. We do sell in Virginia and Massachusetts, and we and what's really fun for us, every three months we send a pallet to Japan. Oh. And, and, uh how did, how did that happen? There is a uh, Japanese distributor that comes to the Hudson Valley, and he hits all the local breweries, buys up a bunch of beer, fills a whole container, ships it over there, sells it to all these really uh, awesome places in Tokyo, and um, they awesome. love it. No and we, we see it on Instagram, you know, them taking pictures and tagging us. Yeah. And, um, you know, That's got to feel pretty cool. It's really fun because you get to use that joke, we're big in Japan. You, yeah, know? Right, right, right. <laughs> you are. <laughs> So I'm hearing the sours are pretty good. Yes. Yeah, take us. Let's talk sours. Take us through what. Yeah. So let's start with this. What we have on draft tonight at the Jachicos and Summers is uh, Amulet. This is a sour IPA with blueberry and vanilla. Um, it's one of the first beers that we ever released, um, and it kind of helped solidify us as a sour maker. This is a sour IPA, so it's a little bit different. Where we're playing around with blending in sour beer and playing with the pH of IPAs and blending in some fresh hops and stuff. It makes it a more rounded beer. We had talked earlier at the bar about sour beer being sharp, right? This is a little bit softer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's in it? Uh, This is uh, uh, vanilla and blueberries. That is superb. I am not, I'm not a sour. You're sour, mate. I'm not a sour person. I would have said that three years ago. Mm. And it was because sours were very one-sided. This is phenomenal. I love sours. Super jammy. I love this. I would drink this. I would drink this all day on a nice summer hot day. This is about 6%, so it's right there in the middle of the road where, like, the next beer is a little bit stronger. But I just think this is part of our success is it's been it's a different thing and it's it's very unique and it's it's a, it's people sip and they're like wow this is really great there's people who are like i don't like beer but i like this right. i don't like sour beer but i like this and i think it's it's helping broaden the appeal right and because of that we've seen a lot of success right. Right. It's, awesome. also, it's also like the if you're new to all this when you say sour beer yeah. there's still that perception are people saying sour, sour beer or are they just saying sour just give me all they're saying beer. Right. Why right. throw sour just, and beer together? Two totally different concepts. Right. right? Just it's a sour. Right. Yeah. It's a sour beverage. Right. And that is phenomenal. That is really well. We balanced. really like to play around with like nostalgic flavors, um, like things that when you were a kid and like movie candy is like one of my favorite. And I love Sour Patch Kids and I love Skittles and ah. all the chewy sprees and a lot of right, like right. pixie sticks kind of things right. that we were kids. You know, and we try to play, we try to find those flavors in the stuff we make. And if you keep, if that's who you are and that's keeping where, where your flavor profile sets at, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. It's fun. Sour Patch Kids, Sweet Tarts, 
they're not just sour. They've got a lot of. There's a lot going on in them. Yeah, yeah. That's it's great. That's delicious. What's the plans of the future? Keep uh, trucking. Yeah, keep. It's a grind. Uh, we've uh, we have a barrel warehouse in Poughkeepsie now that we moved about 400 barrels up there, and we're expanded our sour farmhouse program, which we're really proud of. And to only way to expand that is with space and yeah. time and stuff like that. Uh, we're really close of opening our own um, bar in New York City. Oh, cool. And uh, just, again, another way to uh, have our retail yeah, and, right. and, and get direct to consumer and really brand to people and, and have a nice outlet for our product. So we're really proud of those um, kind of like lateral movements instead of like putting in a lot of tanks and building big breweries and saying we want to be in five different states it's it's not about that yeah is, right. is everything barreled or some are kettle soured or yeah it's, it's kind of like a kettle sour with like a quicker kind of thing we, we do this little trick that we don't talk about that that separates us from the other kind of kettle sour uh, people which is uh, really unique to us Good. which I also think takes away a lot of that sweetness that you get in a traditional kettle sour um, where it is almost too much like candy yeah and uh, where we kind of do another process to kind of take away that and make it a little bit more mellow and, and then we play around with all kinds of weird blending and treatments and fruits and botanicals and to achieve what we're doing chocolate in the chart is that yeah it's like an artist palette yeah. Yeah. well we talk a lot and you guys are familiar with this, we feel like it's more of a culinary approach to brewing, where brewing was yeah, right. a lot like baking, where yeah. it was like time and ingredients, and you right, put right. it in and it came out. This is more like cooking, where we're tasting it and we're yeah. saying, adding, oh, it needs a little... Shit. Yep. And un understanding what ingredients work well to together yeah. and, what, right. and, and what don't. Yeah. You know? And how hops work in lower temperatures and how they work with, with acid and stuff like that has been really what we've concentrated on to help us achieve our like tropical flavors. Um, yeah. so. And you, you, you seem to stay within that tropical range. Is that your, that's your thing? I would have to agree when you look at our portfolio, especially the next beer we're going to taste. Yeah. Uh, it can't get much more tropical than that. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's just where our, the fun flavors are that we're, you know we're really kind of going for for that. Um, excitement and a little bit of entertainment, but also wow! And the, and the flavors that we're choosing, we're finding they work really well together. What's this fella? So this is a part of our glycerin series, which is a series where we change the fruit. This is a double fruited, double sour IPA. Hold on, double fruited, double, double sour. Correct. How's that work? All right, so there's two fruits in here, okay, and, and it's a double IPA. Oh. Wow! So this comes in around eight percent. Uh, this is uh, pineapple and peach. I always say we do peach really well, and we always do pineapple really well. And I we, think we, we did it. We have really a huge good. fan that needs a little bit. Absolutely, enjoy that. What's the name of this one? This is glycerin uh, pineapple peach. Cheers. Solid. Cheers. Oh, wow. Cheers. Cheers. And this just came out last weekend. This came out last week. Yeah, we had a can release on Saturday. How often do you guys do a can release? Every two weeks, yeah. if, if everything goes right. Okay. So you pump them out? Yeah, we do. Again. Totally different to anything wow. I've tasted. It's actually... Mm. It's actually briny. Yeah. It's got like a... There's a lot going on that, in that that's, one. That's a little too easy. You smell the pineapple at first. You yeah. taste the peach at the end. Yeah. You totally get the peach at the end. Love it. And that's where I feel like the, the brine is. That's dangerous. Mm. I got this Boom. beautiful brine. Mm. 
like a salinity. Maybe that's the peach coming through. Tell and that the, the, the more the, the acid from the pineapple too. Oh man! Right there in the middle, but so refreshing. Holy you know, shit. like let's go to the beach. <laughs> yeah, ice you know cold what I mean? on the beach. You know, by the that pool. Would, that would flow too well. You could taste taste yeah. the peach fuzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I get that. Yeah, you know what you and you know what? I don't like the I, peach fuzz. I, I dislike um, like peach schnapps. Mm. Yeah, you don't taste the, that. The, in the, no, the no. peach comes through here. It's very natural. Yeah. You get this like really nice briny mouthfeel. And this is all that natural is re- fruit. That's really. This is like redefining sours. Mm. Well, I think the problem was, is we talked a little bit about the bar, is that the sharpness of sour beer and the acidicness. It and, doesn't allow you to it taste anything else. It wasn't crafted. It was kind of like let to be what it was, and then it came out and everybody accepted it. Where I feel like this, we're molding these beers to our palates. We're making them more enjoyable, more drinkable, and that's what's, I think, helping people enjoy them. They're not that just punch in the face. Well, I, and I also think you have a... Your palate is what dictates. Mm. Stay true to your palate. Yeah. Because it seems to work. Everyone seems to. And, it, and again, that's a testament to our team is that we, we literally um, sample the beers all day long in the blending process. Yeah. And there's sometimes a little bit of heated discussions of when a beer is finished yeah. and somebody saying it's not done yet. Yeah. And there's that collaborative, work, combative, collaborative art form that helps push the boundaries. Yeah push you to be better than you probably would be normally and, and you create really great pieces right. of art so i'm loving the branding you guys yes do. thank you this so is, much it's simple but it's sexy yeah that's simple and simple especially for a, a pilsner called feel no way yeah. right so an all-white label yep and then we get into our, our crazy wacky circus like sour ipas and our illustrator evan evan cohen who does an amazing job we don't do any revisions on his submi- submissions. He just nails them each time. It's it's phenomenal wow. how prolific he is. Yeah, that's brilliant. This is phenomenal. You are really... I appreciate that. You really <laughs> stand out in a world of sours. Oh, I really, really do appreciate that. redefining what sours are. If, you are. if you're hesitant about sours... Give them a go. This is where you have to start. Yeah, come visit us. You yeah. have to start. Where and you're located Beacon, New York. Beacon, New York. Easy to find you. Hudson Valley Brewers. Yep. Just GTS it. And <laughs> and the Main Street, bang a left. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right. a beautiful Main Street. Like yeah, a mile long. Yep. It's mostly all mom and pop stores yep. too. Like you walk in yep. and the owner of the place or the restaurant yep. is working there, which I think has a lot of charm. And once you've passed those, keep going down on the left to find these guys. Yeah, yeah. can't and, miss us. And if you step outside. And you look up, you have one of the most beautiful mountains mm. right Mount in front Beacon? of you. Mount yeah. Beacon. It's on the seal of the state uh, state of New York flag. If you look on the flag, that's, that's Mount, Mount Beacon. Beacon. Yeah. yeah. And you can bring your dog. Yeah, they got to stay outside, though. They got to stay outside. That's the worst. They're inside. Yeah, well, they're breaking the rules. Oh, okay. As they should. All right, mate. Well, John, that, thank that was you awesome. so much, guys. Phenom- really appreciate phenomenal it. sours. I was, I was shocked. I awesome. was shocked. Enjoy. All right. Thank cheers. you. Thanks for stopping by and listening in. Check us out as well as other great podcasts at Food and Beverage Magazine's Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And remember to eat, imbibe, and dream. See you next show.